Episode number 34, and I'm not bragging. What are you looking at? What are you looking at over there? I'm looking at Fremont Brewing's Session Pale Ale. Take a sip. That's from Zeke's Pizza. That's a craft beer yeah. from the uh, Fremont Brewery. Because Can beer you say matters. Brewery? Pack it out. Is there? <laughs> Take a little sip and tell me how the Zeke's beer, the Zeke's craft beer is tasting. How'd that do for you? If it's, if it's good, if that's, it's nice. That's going to do just fine. All right. Well, then you got to thank Zeke's Pizza. Thank you, Zeke's. All right. Episode 34, available on just about all podcast platforms, iTunes, Spotify, wherever it is that you listen to podcasts, subscribe, listen, and rate us. You're going to want to become a patron if you want two shows a week. We went through this in episode 33, right? Mm-hmm. We did. Uh, MitchUnfiltered.com, as little as $5 a month. Support the longevity of the show. Have access to all the bonus content, which as of now is going to be very, very big. We're going to do the the freebie. We'll call it the freebie on Mondays. And then we're going to do an off-the-cuff, kind of fun, informal, sometimes interview, sometimes not. No deadlines. We're going to do it. We're going to have some fun with the second one, but it will only be available to patrons. I'm thinking about, tell me what you think about this, because you're going away. I'm going away. So this is it. This is it for you. This is it. This is it. So I'm on my own on the Thursday one this week. Correct. For the patrons. Correct. So I'm thinking, since it's the first one, it's a little bit of culture shock, I leave it open for everybody. I put it on the Patreon site. I understand. I put it where the patrons find the bonus episodes, Mm -hmm. but I unlock it and let everybody kind of see how it happens. Sure. Should I do that? You should. Because it's without you anyway. So how how good can the ep be without you? Without Jason D. Did Hamilton. Did you just say the ep? I, I just said the I lo- ep. I love it. I don't know. I, I don't. I love it. I don't know. I love it. Um, so there you have it. Uh, yeah. Become a patron at uh, as little as $5 a month. Also, you're going to want to click on all the past episodes, even if you haven't listened to them, just for a few minutes. It'll help uh, create longevity as well and sustain us. If you ever want to know anything about the podcast, make sure that you follow us on Twitter. I am Mitch underscore Seattle. Mm-hmm. You are Jason D. Hamilton, at Jason D. Mm. Hamilton. There's only one Jason D. In my mind. Hamilton. It's funny, when people refer to you when I go out and I'm at Zeke's or wherever I am in your absence, they say, what's Jason D. doing yeah. today? Everybody calls you now Jason D. Hamilton. Well, that's because of you. Yeah. Is that all right? It's fine. What does D. stand for? Daniel. Jason Daniel. Yeah. Hamilton. Yeah. Yeah. It's either J Ham, which is yeah. the long, long, long. How about Jason? Is that all right? Yeah. Jason probably works well since it's my name. Yeah. Well, some people don't like their name. They'd rather oh, J Ham. I'm fine. How about J? Anybody I, call you J? My wife calls you J. Mm-hmm. All right. I won't call you J if, you're, if that's reserved <laughs> for your wife. I think I'm going to pass on J. Uh, check out the Mitch Unfiltered Facebook page. Great content there. Guests on episode 34, which is this episode, this first episode of the month of April. It's not an April Fool's joke. It's a true episode. Ross Tucker. Mm -hmm. I've been trying to get Ross Tucker on for a long time. Why is that? I like Ross Tucker. He does a lot of different things. He's a former offensive lineman. He went to Princeton, really well-educated, really smart, looks at football in kind of a cerebral way, has a million different podcasts, is on Westwood One, is on TV, has radio shows. I mean, he's just like a... He's everywhere. He's a multimedia conglomerate in and of himself. Mm -hmm. Ross Tucker is going to talk NFL, 
who did well, Cleveland Browns, Seattle Seahawks, Russell Wilson contract. I want to get his kind of unique perspective on the world of football. So he's going to be the featured guest of episode number 34. I like it. All right. Yep. Episode 34 is brought to you by Evergreen Golf Call, the premier wealth manager in the Northwest, right here in Bellevue, with offices in Portland, San Francisco, and the Napa Valley, managing over $2 billion in assets. 2018 fastest growing wealth manager named by the Puget Sound Business Journal. Zeke's Pizza. I've been at so many of the locations lately, I can't even count. I was in Bothell, I was in Capitol Hill, I was at Tacoma, I've been at Bellevue. If you want to watch the Final Four or some other sporting event, I would heartily recommend one of the many Zeke's Pizza locations. Good pizza, good craft beer, and of course, your favorite sporting event. Daniel's Broiler, whether it's a birthday, anniversary, or another special occasion, you won't find a better spot to celebrate with the best steaks anywhere. Fabulous seasonal seafood and service and ambiance to match. Leshy Marina, South Lake Union, Bellevue Place, and now on the second floor of the new Hyatt Regency in downtown Seattle. And Mitch Unfiltered is also brought to you by our new partner, the Kirkland Office of Guild Mortgage. Find the loan to fit your life. Select from hundreds of loan products tailored for your needs. The Kirkland Office of Guild Mortgage, 425-250-3150. That's 425-250-3150. Are you ready for episode number 34? I am ready for episode Xavier McDaniel. Is it Xavier or is it Xavier McDaniel? Xavier yeah, he he said he's told me on many occasions it's Xavier. Oh, 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 did you did you just say he told me? Did you just name drop a little bit on the show? Was that a Xavier, was that a Jason D. Hamilton name drop? Xavier McDaniel. Yeah, used to live two miles from oh. my house. Oh, and when I was a ball boy for the Sonics and my parents couldn't take me home, he would drive me home. You're kidding! You Z- have stories to tell. I used to mow his lawn for 50 bucks a pop. Get out of here. Yes. How is he built? Well, (laughs) the tweet that you put out on Mitch underscore Seattle. Yeah. Yeah. When he first came out, 85, 86, when he was a young guy in the league, he was a specimen. Correct me if I'm wrong. You may not know the answer to this. Is he not the answer to the trivia question? The first ever college player to lead the nation in scoring Scoring and and rebounding rebounding the same year. Am I right about that? I think you are because it popped immediately into my head. He He was was a Wichita State. He was a monster. You wanted him on your side in a brawl, right? Like if you were were mowing his lawn, kids were not going to give you a hard time while you were mowing him. The X-Man's lawn, So, right? this is not the Xavier McDaniel story time, but I will yeah. just give you a brief I'll one. I'll take it. A brief one. Yeah. I, as a young kid, had never, had never really encountered anybody like him, right? Just famous or just the way he was- A professional athlete that was also super approachable. Oh, really? If, I never knew him. I never interviewed him. I don't, if, I don't know him. If- and I know you know where this is, and many on the podcast may or may not know, Lake Bourne. Yeah, sure. I used to go fishing with him on Lake Bourne. Get out of here. You an X-Man? Yes. <laughs> now, 
He'd also have. You're not a, making all this up. You've had you haven't had too many Fremont Brewers. No, just uh, <laughs> just crack this one open. He would have another friend of his. Yeah. And the two of them, who are South Carolina born and bred, love to fish. Love to fish. Now Lake Bourne. It's Lake Bourne. It's not like there's a ton going on. Yeah. But you know they'd have a couple of pops be out in the middle of Lake Bourne, and I would just be there. They they let me come. Really? I'm a young guy. They let me come. That's incredible. And um, I have no idea why I started all this. Oh, no, I know why. Because. Okay. He was so approachable and he, so nice he, he and was. so down to earth. But, but the one thing about him was he had a switch that I've never seen before. Oh, yeah. That was the thing. I, that's the reason I was having we this conversation. We know about that switch. Yeah. Where he was just an unbelievable, like with my parents and just really great, would come to my house. How and, old were you at this time? Gosh, I was when he was a he was when you were rookie, mowing his lawn. Yeah, he's I'm I'm 12, 13 years old. Did he ever see you play? Yeah, yeah. Dale Ellis X. They would come to the games down the road. Really oh, to yeah. see Jason? Yeah, yeah. Do they know that you were Jason D. No, Hamilton? that only came later with Mitch Levy. <laughs> so I'll wrap this up because I know yeah, this we haven't started the show. This yet. This was not part of the show. Yeah, yes, it is. Well, it wasn't part of the plan. Okay. Um, but I just had never seen somebody who at that level, that elite level of a professional athlete, but was also not just a professional athlete, but if you just met him on the street and you rubbed him the wrong way, yeah, he's fighting you. Oh, he's fighting you Ooh. immediately. And I don't want any part y- of that. You don't want to see <laughs> Xavier McDaniel in a dark alley. Is he going to get mad if I don't name the episode after yeah, him? I mean, Do I have to run? I mean, there's a lot of good 34s. <laughs> he's probably not the one, but boy, you he, don't want to cross he him might up. come for you. All right. Um, episode Xavier McDaniel is about to start. It starts right now. Unfiltered. It's okay to have a game plan going in, but when you're so stubborn and unwilling to get away from it because the other team is essentially daring you to do so, then we get into stupidity. Unfiltered. Guess that's what really kind of infuriates me that we go to the offseason after a game that the quarterback was really not given a chance to win the football game for you. That's a quarterback who's the face of the organization. That's a quarterback who, as I say, in a couple of years or in a year, they're going to give, I don't know, $25, $30 million a year to. And yet it just feels to me like they took the ball out of his hands. Mitch is unfiltered. In about five years, 10 years, 15 years, there's going to be a trivia question. Mm -hmm. First ever piece of Mitch Unfiltered merch. You got merch? I am about to give you your first ever piece of Mitch Unfiltered merch. Now, I know what you want. You want a nice golf shirt. You want like a pullover mm-hmm. because I am convinced now as of our chance meeting the other day, I am now, I was, I was kind of like 50 or 60% convinced. Now I am 100% convinced of what that you are the biggest, the biggest closet golfer. Like no one has any idea just how often and how many golf courses you play 
in a given few not months. Not true. I am just now because because the. It's not true. You know the traveling with the Huskies. I always find you on the golf. Did you play? Yeah, I've played twice. Are you going to go down there and play? I've already been here for two days. I've played. Now I'm running into you at golf at nice golf courses. You're on the first day. Hey, Mitch Levy, and you're just going down the first first fairway. I am now convinced that you are like playing eight rounds a week at different golf courses throughout the Pacific Northwest. But that's okay. It's in my mind. Okay, that's what I want to believe. Okay, um, I don't have a parka. I don't have a pullover. Yeah, but I have the first ever piece of Mitch unfiltered merch. If you'll use it, pop socket. It's a pop socket. Yeah, you have a pop socket. I didn't know what a pop socket was. My daughter three weeks loves ago. The pop sockets. The whole family's using them. Yep. I'm using them. Yep. I'm now addicted to them. Would you use a Mitch unfiltered pop socket? Or I would gladly take the Mitch unfiltered pop socket. See, no, that's not what I'm asking now. There's limited amounts of pop sockets. Yeah. I am not going to be hurt if you look me in the eye and say, Mitch, I'm probably never going to use the Mitch unfiltered pop socket. And there's nobody I know who will use the Mitch Unfiltered. Tell me, I'm though. I'm taking it. Okay, there's the Mitch Unfiltered I, I'm pop socket. It, I'm taking it. Actually, here's what I'd, I'd like more than anything. Yes. I'm going to get you more. There's more stuff I, coming I your way. I know there's more. It's, it's in production. There's I, new I stuff know coming. You got a there's whole... even a golf tournament in the works I, right now as we speak. Really? I'm just saying. Really? I'm just saying. It's in the works. Mm. Yeah. What I'd like is... What would you like? I would like an autograph. Stop it. On this Stop packaging. I'll get, I'll get you Xavier McDaniels. I would like an autograph, autograph. on this packaging, and I'm just going to keep it no. in the packaging. I don't I don't sign. Oh, you don't sign? <laughs> I'm no, Bill okay. Russell. Oh, you don't sign? You're okay. I don't sign. Do you know the story of Pop Sockets? No. So this guy invented Pop Sockets, and then the American distributor, if I have this right, the exclusive American producer and distributor of Pop Sockets, at least to the to the promotional world, mm-hmm. is a company right here in Seattle. Oh. They reached out to me. Oh. Uh, they're listeners. The the Love CFO it. is a guy named Jeff Roberts. He's a listener. Uh, they helped me out with those the ones you have in your hands. Love they're it. the exclusive American distributor. Uh, you know how many of those things get sold every year? I do not. 50 million of those things get sold oh every goodness. year. And I didn't know what it was all about. I put it on my phone a few days ago. They're very handy, especially if you like to watch video, if you're just holding it. I didn't think. I, I never thought. I never You and I were talking about it. this before we came to, to record. All the kids in the AAU circuit. I'm, yesterday, I'm, I'm at an AAU game, and the teams that aren't playing are watching Gonzaga. Yeah, and they've and all done. they've all got the pop socket watching it, all of them. Oh, look at you! Oh, yeah, in and yeah, look at you! Did did that whole thing? No, it's fine. I, I but, have it, but you're right. It it goes in, in yeah. between my fingers, yep. and then I don't know why I'm talking about this so much. But you're right. That's the be- that's an amazing feature. Yeah. How many times have right I got? Up. Yeah, sets right up. Unbelievable. Yeah. Will you put that on your phone? Yes. All right. Thank you. There you go. I appreciate it. Now, are you sure you're not going to sign this packaging for me? <laughs> are you sure? Okay. Uh, if you missed um, episode number 33, you just heard us during the open, during the intro, this Thursday's release, I just want to get everybody up to date on business, mm-hmm. on Mitch Unfiltered Business. So as of now, at least for the time being, we may change this back. We may change back. But as of now, we're in April. 
We're going to do one on Mondays that's for the masses like we've always done. And then the second episode of the week, whenever that is, probably on Thursdays, is going to be available to patrons only. Mm -hmm. Okay, And that will include this Thursdays when you're not around. I do want to announce, and I know this isn't great timing because everybody wants the show on during the Masters, and we want to do the show during the Masters. But you've got a golf tournament out of town. You're in a golf tournament out of town, right? Am I allowed to talk, you, talk you about are, that? You are, but not during the Masters. No. Oh, you'll be back. Yeah. You'll be back. Yeah. I'm going to Florida. I'm going home to mm-hmm. be with my mom yes. and my brother. Yes. And I'm going to spend a week with them, and that's important. Yes. So we're going to be dark starting next Monday for a week. Correct. All right? And then the Monday after, the day after the Masters is over, we'll drop a brand new episode, which will be, and we've got to, we've got to discuss this. What number episode will that be the Monday the 15th after the Masters when we do the free Monday episode? Well, this is episode 34. Right. You're going to do a patron episode that's going to be available to everyone because it's going to be unlocked. It's going to be unlocked, but it will be on on the Patreon site to get people used to going to the Patreon. What are we calling that? That will be episode 34P. For the patrons. Oh. 34P. 34P. So yes. it's not 35. No, because we cannot, the patron episodes cannot move the number. We need, I see. We need, we need that number to stay there, the, the main number and then the patron. So it's 34P. 34P. Or number slash P. Okay. Moving forward. All right. So that will be the 35th episode, 35. Now, do you remember Akeem Olajuwon in college? Hakeem? Yes. Or Akeem? Hakeem Olajuwon in yes. college. Did he wear 35 maybe in college? Ooh, I think he did at Houston. That, is that that's a, like a like in my oh, mind. Oh, that might you might be right about that. I think he might can have you, been 35. Can you name that starting five? No. Trivia Houston, question? No. You five Slam Jam. I can't. You I should can't, be able to. I can't name all five of them. No, okay. I, I can't. I'll teach you about that. Okay. I'll teach you about that team. Yeah. Uh, Guy Lewis was the coach. Mm-hmm. Remember that team? I do. Uh, anyway, so um, that's the story with the schedule, the business, mm-hmm. the business at hand. And that is, this is episode 34. I will do a special show, episode 34P. Mm-hmm. That will be unveiled on Thursday. Thursday. On Thursday. I'm not sure how I'm going to do that. It might be unveiled Wednesday late night instead of Thursday. Okay. Um, then we'll go dark for a week. And then we'll be back the Monday, you and I together on after the on the on, after the Masters, after the fifteenth, and that'll be episode number thirty-five. And we'll have Correct. a Masters champion, which we're gonna since this is the last time that right. you and I are together before People the Masters. Better get on board. You and I need to at least chat a little bit That's about right. who we're rooting for, who you're pulling for yeah. in the Masters. Speaking of which, speaking of which, have you made your pick for the Masters in the brand new? Unfiltered Majors Challenge presented by Evergreen Golf Call. A trip for two with either me or us. Uh, Round trip airfare to San Jose. (laughs) Rental car. Accommodations at the Lodge at Pebble Beach. That's so good. A round of golf at Pebble Beach with me or us. Mm -hmm. And then a round at Spyglass Hill with, want to try it? Me or us, right? Mm-hmm. Um, all for the grand prize champion. All you got to do is make a pick for the Masters. We're running a pool. Runmypools.com is doing it. 
Um, all you got to do is go to MitchUnfiltered.com. You'll see where to go. Sure. And make your pick for the Masters before the Thursday opening round. Mm-hmm. So two questions. Have you made a pick? No. Do you plan to make a pick? Yes. Third question. Who will it be? There's a couple of folks I really like. I was I was expecting Rory to smash Tiger this past weekend in the WGC match play. Yeah, I was. Ex- you and I both watched that match. I, I saw was, you on Twitter. I yeah. was ex- at Jason D. Hamilton. Yeah. yeah, I was expecting that. I was expecting him to beat him. Yeah. And I thought Rory's in the best form of his career, maybe. Maybe. Yeah. And he needs to get that whole situation of the Masters losing it on Sunday off his back. I thought this was the year. Having not beaten Tiger in that, I'm not so certain that I felt as comfortable making that selection because I was going to select him. Just one round. I understand that. Against his hero. I understand that. He may have had a little subconscious letdown, like, I don't want to beat Tiger. I mean, there, and he's been playing so... He's been great. He's been off the... off the. I mean, you you can't not pick him because of that. Well... That would be a horror. There's a, there's a lot I'm of... I'm looking you in the eye. I'll take that pop socket back from you. There's a lot of reasons. You can't not... I mean, I'm not telling you to pick him. Yeah. You can't not pick him because he played a lackluster round against Tiger Woods in the WGC match well, play after he's finished in the top six in every tournament that he's looked at, and he's the world's nicest guy. You can't not well, pick him because of that. Whatever. Anyway, <laughs> I would pick him, not pick him because of missing nine footers that mattered to win holes, and I would... Mi- One round. Okay. Let's not overreact So to basically, round. Give me the pop socket back. Okay. I'll sign it. <laughs> uh, DJ, Justin Rose. There's a bunch of guys. There's a bunch of guys I like at that course, um, none of which are named Phil Mickelson. Probably none of which are named Tiger Woods. But um, there's, a, there's a bunch of guys I like. And Ask me if I've made my pick before we get to the episode 34. Have you here. selected? I have. By the way, you're allowed to make a pick and then change it all the way. You can change it up a million times. Up until Thursday. Up until Thursday. It's yeah. the last pick that you make. Right. You, you, you kind of highlight that we have the whole field up there. You yeah. can do pretty much the whole field. Um, I've made a pick. Which is whom? Would you like to know who my pick is? I would love to know that. Oh, I'm oh, handing you a oh, piece of paper. He's got an actual betting slip. I do. From a Vegas casino here. Correct. I think it might be Reno. But that's okay. Reno or oh, Tahoe. Yeah. I'm yeah, not yeah, sure yeah, which yeah, bet. Yeah, yeah. Somebody did it for me. Yes. A listener did it for me. What does Justin it say? Rose to win the 2019 Masters. At what odds? 14 to 1. How much money? $100 to win. American. <laughs> American. <laughs> to win $1,400. Mitch Levy. You want the... You, you, oh, I don't have the... You want the numbers on Justin Rose? I would love the numbers on Justin Rose. <sighs> Let me see if I can find him. How's this going backwards? Mm-hmm. I'll start last year and go backwards. In majors? Masters. Masters. He's okay. won one major, the U.S. Open. Mm-hmm. He's probably the first. At fir- Marion. Yeah. He might be the, he's probably the top two or third ranked, three ranked player. I'm not, I haven't looked at it. Maybe mm-hmm. number one. Mm-hmm. One of the top five in the world. In his last, we'll go backwards starting last year at the Masters. Here's his finish. Tell me if this is consistent. 12, 2, 10, Two, 14, 25, 8, 11. It's good. He's right there. It's really good. He's right there. A couple there. of twos. A couple of second place finishes. Mm-hmm. Justin Rose, a little ticket. 
and he's my pick in the uh, unfiltered majors challenge as go. of the moment. So uh, if he wins, you get something. You get a little piece of this. I got to take you out or do something. Okay. Buy you something. Yeah, I'll buy you a pop sauce. A, a Zeke's buy, pizza. I'll, I'll buy you. I'll buy you something. Thank you. I, I got to give you your props because you always say you're always teasing me. You're always making fun of me. I got to give you your props about about episode thirty three. You made the choice. Mm-hmm. I thought it was going to be somewhat controversial, and I want to. I want to know. I want you to know for the record that I would have made the same choice. I would not have split it amongst Larry Bird and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Mm-hmm. I would have, if it were on me, I would have done the same thing. But I had a funny feeling, and it was wrong, that you were going to get skewered over your choice of really episode Lou Alcindor, Lou Jabbar, Lou Jabbar. Yeah. Yeah. No. Seventy-seven. We did a poll. It's overwhelming in your favor. Yeah. Thank you. Hercules. So as as we look at 34, mm-hmm. um, mm. lots, of, lots of characters at 34. I'm, I'm trying to think how I want to characterize 34 for you. Okay. I think that 34 is probably the deepest field that we've had so far. Yes. Just in terms of storylines and guys that have had just amazing seasons and careers. And and not only is it deep, there's an intangible, I don't know how to say this. I don't know how to articulate this. There's an intangible set of criteria with regard to these guys that go away from their playing days. And so I wonder how much we want to take into consideration some of these intangible things. Mm -hmm. So I'll go through them. Let's do the local yokels first. There's only one real local to consider. No offense to Xavier McDaniel. Yeah. And that is the King. Mm -hmm. The King who you and I love, who's hit some rocky times late in his career is, uh, you know, a lot of people are down on the King, King Felix, Mm -hmm. but he wore 34 for just about his entire career he stayed in the Northwest when he didn't have to. He stayed on a terrible team when he sure. didn't in his prime. He waved off free agency at least twice, could have signed elsewhere, always made it a priority to be in Seattle and play. Mm-hmm. Wanted to begin, middle, and finish his career with the Mariners. He yep. deserves a hell of an honorable mention for 34. 100%. Okay. Um, the best Seahawk I can find is your boy Thomas Rawls. That's the best I can do with that's Seahawks. That's not true. That's the best. I, that's the best I can find. Maybe wow. somebody out there might say there's a better thirty-four. Not really? a good. Not a good number for Seahawks. Moving on. Sonics. Mm-hmm. We'll start in eighty-five. There were guys before eighty-five. Frank Brukowski, Xavier McDaniel, D'Antonio Wingfield <laughs> mm-hmm. out of the University of Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. Terry Cummings. Yeah, he was a monster. DePaul. Milwaukee. Yeah, DePaul, Milwaukee Bucks. We're 34 for the Sonics. Mm-hmm. Jelani McCoy. Oh, yeah. U-C-L-A. Yeah. Jelani McCoy, big fella. Reggie Evans yeah. out of Iowa. Iowa. Mm-hmm. And then the best 34 that's ever worn a Sonics jersey. No offense, Xavier McDaniel. Your man, Ray. Ray Ray? Ray Ray. Ray. Ray Walter Allen. Ray Allen. Walter Ray Allen out of South, somewhere in South Carolina, off to UConn. I was there in the garden that night when he and Iverson 
in the Big East final, went back to back, went back and forth rather, and he hung in the air with a little jumper in the lane, which rolled around and went in for the Mm -hmm. game winner. I'll never forget that. I was at the Garden that night with my dad. It was a great game, Georgetown and UConn. Ray Allen... 34 mm-hmm. for the Sonics. How much should I should I even consider Ray Allen, or should I not? In where I think you're going with 34s, yeah. y- you can't. There's nobody on that list. Does he even rival Felix? If I were to keep it local, does no, he No, no. Felix is okay. way above okay. anybody you've mentioned. Okay. Now it gets really interesting. Mm-hmm. And remember, I'm going to ask you the question a few different times. How much do we consider? How much weight do we consider the, these other things sure there's a lot of macros i think uh, we haven't talked about this but there's a couple of people i'm thinking of specifically that have historical significance that yeah. were 34 but but we'll i'll I'm, let you go i'm thinking of attributes that go beyond the playing field yes. or the court yes i'm thinking of impressions that they left away from their sport and mm-hmm. after their playing days were over mm-hmm. do we consider that mm-hmm. And in a in kind of a morbid way, in a sad way, early deaths. We've got early deaths in '34 with oh. some really great players, and they tug on your heartstrings that these guys died at such a young, mm. young age. There's two or three here that need to be discussed, and do we even figure that into the equation? So, in no particular order, I'm going to say we've got a couple of guys that mostly wore '34. But at times in their career and substantial times in their career didn't, mm. which I think it's going to be hard to pick them as 34. Right. Two guys in particular that had Hall of Fame transcendent careers. One we talked about at, at episode 30. Mm-hmm. Nolan no hit Ryan. Yeah. Seven no hitters. One of the greatest right handers of all time. But he wore 30. He threw some no hitters with 30, and he's mm-hmm. worn 34. Shaquille. O'Neal, right. four-time NBA champion, three-time NBA Finals MVP, 15-time All-Star, eight-time All-NBA First Team, 29,000 points. And how about, now let's go back, off the court since. I mean, he's made such a huge mark. He's, sure. a, he's, a, he's a, a just a gigantic, both literally and figuratively, human being in the sports world, in the advertising, in the marketing world. But he wore 34. He wore a little 32 for, yep, the magic. for the magic. He wore a little 33. Played in a played like for the Cavaliers and wore like 38 or 36 or something, right? Yep. So, d- d- how much do I count that against Shaquille O'Neal? I think you got to go with the bulk of his career, right? And the bulk of his career, I guess 34. 34. The Lakers 34, yeah, 32 you- with the Magic. Yeah, I think I don't know. Yeah, I think you probably would give the nod to his 34 at the Lakers, but like you said, it's a bifurcated number. Oh, okay. I got to look that up. If that's good, I'm it. Um, all right, next name, not necessarily in an order, and uh, I'm going to mention two. What do I do with number 34 of the Oakland Raiders and number 34 of the Auburn Tigers in football? Heisman Trophy winner and just purely changed one of the, the game changed everything. Changed Bo knows changed Nike changed, changed the greatest maybe the greatest athlete at least of our yeah. going you know not including the Thorps and sure. Browns and whoever sure sure um, Jackie Robinson we talked about Bo Jackson 
what do I do with Bo? From a number standpoint, he's nothing. I mean, no. he got hurt. He didn't even wear 34 for the Royals. He wore 16 when he cracked Correct. the bat over his head, yeah. went to the All-Star game yeah. and hit the ball up in 100, 500 yeah. feet away. What do I, how, I know this is my call, it's my turn. It is your turn. But how do I even, what do I do with Bo Jackson? I don't know. You're going to have to, I mean, I guess it's going to be in comparison to whom? Who Who else is in the mix? Because Bo Jackson is an icon yeah. when it when it comes to just tech mobile. Oh, <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, the marketing of Bo Jackson was un- outside of Michael Jordan. Yeah. Which is the premier marketing of all time. Bo Jackson was, was around that same Nike programming and was as influential <sighs> as a dual sport athlete as you're going to find. I don't know what to do with Bo Jackson. Okay. Um, how about a two-time NBA champion? Sorry, not a two-time NBA champion. He never was an NBA champion. He was a uh, he was a transcendent rebounder, a great scorer. He had twenty-three thousand points in his career, over twelve thousand rebounds, four thousand assists. Was a dream team player. Was one of the most popular, liked and disliked mm. players of his not generation. Not a role model. Um, Sir Charles, yeah, and then again, look what he has become since his playing. Whatever he was as a player, he's that oh, times he's five, five already. Times, yeah, since then, but he was an MVP of the league. MVP of the league. Yeah, never made it. Never won the championship. Never won right? a title. No. Um, but he has become. He's probably right now. I'm going to say the biggest voice in television sports, in any, in any yeah. sport, golf. Basketball, baseball, football, anything. Right now, is you there might, a bigger? Might be right about is there that. a bigger star in television in sports than Charles Barkley? And if the answer is yes, again, how do I, do I count that? Do I not count that? He wore thirty four. Yeah, he wore thirty four. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's the two guys that I I don't know what to do with. And there's another one I don't know what to do with. And that is Kirby Puckett. Ooh. I used to love Kirby Puckett. Died at age 46, mm. 10-time All-Star, two-time World Series champion, ALCS MVP, six-time Gold Glove, six-time Silver Slugger, Hall of Famer, um, had a stroke, mm-hmm. had, to, had to retire from baseball because he went the blind eye, in an yeah. eye mm-hmm. with a, uh, a very rare disease. Mm-hmm. What, what do I do with – I mean, there's a guy who could have his own show, sure. episode, but I don't know that he can, he can win this thing. Um, and then there's the, the guys, the two guys that I think everybody's thinking of, and I'm going to have a dark horse here in a second. The two guys that everybody's thinking of, one is an NBA ball player who I think is the most underrated NBA player in the history of the game. We just talked about him earlier in the show. Two-time NBA champion, two-time NBA finals MVP, most valuable player in the league, 12-time all-star, six times all NBA first team. 27,000 points, 14,000 rebounds, 4,000 block shots. The dream. Mm-hmm. Akeem Olajuwon. Mm-hmm. And we're going to talk Walter Payton because everybody thinks it should be sweetness. Second all-time leading rusher. Another guy who died at age 45, right. rare liver disease. Right. Um, nine-time pro bowler, Super Bowl champion, seven-time first team, uh, MVP of the league, second all-time to Emmett Smith, rushing yards. Sweetness. No one quite did it like mm-hmm. Walter Payton. 
when I think Walter Payton football and I think Akeem Olajuwon basketball, I think it's damn close. Mm-hmm. I think it's damn close. I watched Walter Payton my whole life. He's in my wheelhouse. Mm-hmm. You watched him. Mm-hmm. If you said to me, Mitch, who was the greatest running back you ever saw? Ask me. Who, who was the greatest? Who Who was that? Not including the guys I didn't see. No, sure. no. Only the people in your era. Emmett who, Smith. Yeah, who's Thurman, the greatest? Thurman in Thomas your... were 34. Yes. The greatest running back that I ever saw in my life, even though it was over a shorter period of time because of injury, was not Walter Payton. It was Barry Sanders. It was not Barry Sanders. Who was it? It was Earl Campbell. Oh, right. I thought Earl Campbell, when I was a kid, I never saw anything like it, and I've never seen anything like Mack it since. truck. Yeah. Never. Yeah. What number did he wear? 34. 30 frickin' four. Yeah. When it when it was on his body and it wasn't getting torn off. You got it. The yeah. highlight with a tearaway yeah, yeah. jersey, the whole thing yeah, yeah. just exploded. So you got Earl Campbell. Yes. The greatest running back I ever saw. Um better than Wal I thought he was better than Walter Payton. Mm. There's your there's your list of candidates. Okay. I think I got them all. Okay. Earl Campbell. I didn't mention Thurman Thomas, Nolan Ryan, Kirby Puckett, Earl Campbell, Walter Payton, Bo Jackson. Charles Barkley, Akeem Olajuwon, Shaquille O'Neal, and Thomas Rawls. Those are the finalists. Thomas Rawls. And X-Man, because you mowed his lawn. That's right, that's right. You know, Evergreen Golf Call has not wasted a minute making an incredible mark on Mitch Unfiltered. First, Tyler Hayes says, we want to give away three grand prize trips to the cities where we have offices, Napa Valley, San Francisco, and Portland, in the first ever unfiltered madness contest presented by Evergreen Golf Call, making it the best pool of any radio station or podcast in the Northwest by a mile, with 44 prizes being handed out next week. Then Evergreen one-ups itself, stamping its name on the Mitch Unfiltered Majors Challenge, which begins next week with the Masters. Tyler and the men and women at Evergreen Golf Call giving away a trip for two to go play Pebble Beach with us. In July, simple as picking one player in the four majors. Master selections are being taken now. MitchUnfiltered.com forward slash unfiltered majors. So who are these generous people? Just the premier wealth manager in the Northwest, managing over $2 billion in assets. Just the fastest growing wealth manager in 2018 by the Puget Sound Business Journal. Just one of the 2018 top advisors in America in the Financial Times. Check out what they do at evergreengovcall.com. Govcall is G-A-V-E-K-A-L.com. Newsletter, 10,000 readers. Evergreen Govcall, the premier wealth manager in the Northwest. Unfiltered. Segment number two, episode number 34. I've got to figure out who we're naming it after. You're going to hear from Ross Tucker, who was a seven or eight year NFL offensive lineman out of Princeton, but has now become a real interesting voice, real smart NFL voice. We're going to talk NFL offseason, all the craziness and the zaniness and OBJ and Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell and Russell Wilson and all this strange stuff. How good are the Browns? I want to know right mm. now, how good are the Browns? Is it a bunch of nonsense or is it legit? Mm-hmm. We'll find out from Ross Tucker. We're going to talk NFL with Ross Tucker. Uh, this is episode number 34. Don't forget, I'll say it again. Get your master's pick in because you can win a trip with 
me or us to Pebble Beach to play Pebble Beach with us in July. If you get your master's pick in, go to MitchUnfiltered.com backslash or forward slash unfiltered majors. Same group, RunMyPools.com, running this big contest that will encompass all four majors. You're going to make a pick of each major. We're going to total up the money that your picks make in those four Mm -hmm. majors. And the guy who comes up with the most money is going to go with us Mm -hmm. to Pebble Beach. Okay. Um, Before we get to the final four, before we sat down to do this recording on Sunday night, Jalen Noel sent out a tweet. And it was a tweet that uh, looks to me like he's not uh, even considering returning to the University of Washington. Take it from there. Were you surprised by the tweet? Were you... It, it, your reaction yeah, when you saw it. Not surprised at all. I, I I fully expected, as a matter of fact, after last year, after being so prolific of a scorer and, and, and being a guy that would have been the freshman of the year in the conference had it not been for DeAndre Ayton, um, would have thought that he might have tested it last year. So coming back as a sophomore, uh, being the fastest to score, 500, 700, 800 points. I mean, right. you know, I, I'm not. I'm not surprised. I. I, I think. Um, Do you think he's testing it? You use the words testing. There's the rule that we didn't fully explain in our last episode. It's a new rule in the NCAA that allows you to sign with an agent right. now and still pull your name out of the draft sure. and go back to college after the combine and before the draft in late May. Right. Before you can still do that. Right. You read his tweet. I'll read it. I'll read it to you. Do it. This season has been nothing less than amazing. The life lessons I've learned as a student and athlete will continue to guide me through the rest of my life and have prepared me for the next step of my career. After talking with my mother, family, teammates, and coaching staff, I have decided to enter the 2019 NBA draft. I want to thank everyone, especially the city of Seattle, for your support. I hope you all will continue to support me through my professional career. I will always be a dog for life. Much love and go dogs. Veins of purple, Jalen Noel. Mm-hmm. That's what he tweeted. Yep. How do you take that? That he is 100% focused on becoming a professional basketball player. He's done. No, 100% focused on becoming a professional basketball player. There's a difference between what you just said and what I just said. Okay. I'm trying to get to the bottom of this. The difference is when you enter into the draft, you have to be solely focused on that thing on preparing and thinking and committing to going to the NBA. Do I think he's done at the University of Washington? Yes. But his tweet and the process does not eliminate him from coming back. Okay. That's an interesting thought. Um I would say to you that typically the goodbye tweet mm-hmm. is reserved for when he decides not to come back mm-hmm. on the May 29th when he decides to keep his name in the NBA yes. draft. To me, that's when you normally say goodbye mm-hmm. to your teammates, to the city, and the thank yous. So that's why this tweet is different. I mean, we've all been watching for years and years and years, both at Washington, Syracuse, and everywhere else, guys that have tested the market and then either come back or not come mm-hmm. back. This doesn't. This is different than that to me. Mm-hmm. This is, seems to me like 
I'm, I am whatever anybody tells me, whatever advice I get, whatever any scout tells me, I've made the decision. I'm leaving Washington, and I'm just going to roll yeah. the dice on whether whatever comes my way in the NBA. Yeah. And that, to me, is what it sounds like. Um, and I got to tell you, I'm disappointed. If, if I'm right, I'm disappointed. Now, I always put an asterisk next to disappointment that players are coming out because we never know what the family situation is. We never know what the finances situation is. It's easy for a guy like me to sit in my house behind this microphone and say, shame on you, Jalen. You ought to come back. You're not ready for the NBA. You can go in the first round next year. Play, play at Washington. Be a lottery pick. Easy for guys like me to, to mm-hmm. say those things mm-hmm. when you don't know what's going on behind the scenes with needs and family issues Mm -hmm. so I don't know Mm -hmm. so I'm gonna say with an asterisk that if there is no needs or family issues and there's no concern with him coming back and waiting a year to try the NBA I'm disappointed because as I said on the last episode I think this guy's got more to show I think he's got a better a bigger upside I think that he could be a lottery pick or a, a, a good solid first round pick and my fear is at least as of now unless he goes and he wows people, my fear is he's going to be either a really, really, really late first round, a second rounder, or maybe if he has bad workouts, a no rounder, a free agent, a non-drafted player. I would hate to see that. So selfishly, uh, and I think for him, I think he should really, really consider using the new rule. And if he doesn't hear you know, solid mid-first round or higher come back to the University of Washington. Now, having said that, I want to say this. A few years ago, we all got tangled up and excited about a recruiting a recruiting class from Lorenzo, Lorenzo Romar. Mm-hmm. There were five guys in that class. Mm-hmm. It was going to be the greatest recruiting class by far in the history of the University of Washington. Headlined by a guy named Michael Porter. And this doesn't even include his brother who would have come after him. But Michael Porter Jr., Dejon Davis, Blake Harris out of Charlotte, Mm -hmm. and a guy named Mamadou Diara Mm -hmm. out of St. Louis, I think. And Jalen Noel. Mm -hmm. Five guys were in that class. And when Jen Cohen made the switch, four of them said... I want no part of Mike Hopkins. I want no part of Washington. I'm going elsewhere. Please release me. I'm on, I'm on my way somewhere else. I signed to play or I committed to play for Lorenzo mm-hmm. and I'm done. I'm out. Mm-hmm. One guy didn't. And I will always remember and cherish and honor him for that. One guy stayed at home, Garfield High, right? Mm-hmm. Played with played with Davis on the same team. Davis went off to Stanford. Noel said, nope, I'm going to the University of Washington. I've always wanted to play the University of Washington. I like my copies. I'm going to give him a chance, and I'm going to play here. And yep. all he did was be the second-best freshman his first year, yep. be the player of the year in the conference his second year, and take this team back to the NCAA tournament kind of on his shoulders in his second mm-hmm. year. He deserves oh, absolutely. this from me, absolutely. no matter how disappointed I am in his choice. Well, I mean, like you said, the the family situation may or may not be weighing heavily on him. I don't know if if you've 
if you've read or seen anything about him, his father passed yes. cancer a couple of years ago, and and um, his mother, who's an educator, is a wonderful woman. Um, you know, is raising him and, and his brother. His brother's a really good player as well at Eastside Catholic, and so you know, I know that Jaden Jalen feels a burden with his father gone to take care of his family. So there is an aspect of that that is in play with this. Now, you can you can argue and say, well, you know, it's eight, nine, ten more months of your life if you come back and do it even bigger and better and have a even more concrete situation to have an established future than you have now. Right. Uh, but, you know, that's not that's not for me to decide. Um, I certainly did take his his tweet as a definitive decision on where his mind is. But I also think Mitch, and and this is the beauty of the process that the facts will be the facts when it's laid out, when he gets to have interviews, when he gets into competition, when he goes through the combine, he's going to get some feedback. That's going to be very, very real. And that feedback might not be, to his liking, or it's going to be exactly what he thought. But where we stand right now, no one knows if Jalen Noel is going to come back or if he's actually, actually gone. I will say, though, if I was just reading the tweet, that the tweet reads like he's probably committed to and not returning to the University of Washington. But I don't think that's a closed-door situation. I think it's a Here's what I plan to do. If something drastic changes and I have the opportunity to come back to the University of Washington, I will. I'm sure you know by now, but Daniel's Broiler has a brand new location at the new downtown Hyatt Regency, now open. While world-class hospitality makes each Daniel special, Daniel's new downtown location truly unique, serving breakfast, lunch, and dinner seven days a week there's more that makes the new Hyatt Regency Daniels unique located within Daniels Broiler the Rick House Whiskey Bar a bar within a bar featuring over 150 selections of high-end whiskeys and other fine spirits from around the globe Daniels new downtown Hyatt Regency location offers a happy hour from 3 to 6 30 seven days a week plus live piano music located at 8th and Howell at the beautiful new downtown Hyatt Regency. Locally owned by the Schwartz family, located at South Lake Union, Leshine Marina, Bellevue Place, and now the new downtown Hyatt Regency serving breakfast, lunch, and dinner seven days a week. Daniel's Broiler World-Class Steakhouses. Unfiltered. Best batch of Elite Eight games we've ever seen. Those four games, let me remind you, that we saw on Saturday and Sunday. Texas Tech in a thriller over Gonzaga. Boy, did I love that result. Yes, you did. For a few reasons. Yeah. Um, I want to go back to the Sweet 16 because that's the kind of the pitfall of you and I not being together except for a couple of times a week. We haven't even talked about the foul on Carson Edwards in the corner 
against Tennessee. Tennessee. Mm-hmm. The controversial foul where he where these shooters, these shooters, they stick their kick lead. out the kick out shot, which by the way is a foul on the shooter. Absolutely. Um, I've seen it called. I saw it called a couple of times watching Syracuse games this year. Not only was it not called against him. The only contact that was made, if there was any contact, was because probably he kicked out his foot leg. Exactly he gets right. three free throws. He makes two of them. They win in overtime. Um, and then he just simply puts up a show. The performance of an era mm-hmm. against Purdue. I mean, sorry, Purdue against um, Virginia mm-hmm. in an overtime classic. He scores at one point. I think he had scored like thirty-seven of of fifty points. I mean, it was just crazy. He banked in a contested three. I banked mean, in a contested three. Yes. Um. So that was Elite Eight game number two. Mm-hmm. Then you've got Kentucky and Auburn in like their fourth time this year. Yeah. They go to overtime. Bruce Pearl beats John Calipari in in overtime. And then if that wasn't enough, you get Duke and Michigan State. In a just an absolute classic, mm-hmm. right down to the wire, a missed free throw by Duke. Um, I think it was R.J. Barrett missed a th- somebody missed a free throw. It was Barrett mm-hmm. missed a free throw late, and Michigan State. Uh, I almost said Larry Izzo again. Tom Izzo. <laughs> do you know a Larry Izzo? Yeah, she was oh. a football player. Oh, you do. Okay. Larry Izzo was a football you, you, player. Yeah, yeah, I've said it a few times. Yeah, yeah. Um, Tom Izzo, who can never seem to beat Duke. Beats Duke to go to yep. the Final Four. How about that batch of Elite Eight games over the weekend? Some of the best basketball in the NCAA tournament you're ever going to see. And in terms of sitting down to watch games and thinking, is this time well spent? <laughs> it absolutely was because the quality oh. of the games, you know, there there were obviously were some controversial calls and some bonehead plays, but it, in terms of just quality of opponents there was a lot there to be had by a multitude of players a multitude of players I mean you know from from I mean just like you said from Purdue to Virginia uh, my 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 heart does break though for the Auburn center who tore his ACL late in that game late in the game in the sweet 16 and they were able to play without him and still beat Kentucky uh, to get to the Final Four. But um, you'll see that on the one shining moment oh, yeah. video of him on the floor. I mean, we've seen really ca- catastrophic injuries in NCAA tournaments. It's not the first, nor will Correct. it be, be the last. Um, you know, Carson Edwards' performance against Virginia was just, I, I, my mouth was open mm-hmm. watching him just make shot after shot mm-hmm. after shot. But I was pulling for Virginia. I was pulling for Tony Bennett. Yeah. I've had some interaction with Tony Bennett over the years, and I always found him to be genuinely one of the most down-to-earth, nice, likable, humble, kind of Christian, religious guy. I mean, I just – and I, I suffered with him last year when his team became yeah, the first one to lose a 16. And I, I just want to say this, that there was a part of me that was not only pulling for him – but the whole Purdue thing, for as good as Edwards was, and he was, it was Wally Zerbiak versus Washington-like. Oh. Oh. Um, that's what it was like. Uh, I couldn't fathom the idea that Purdue was going to be in the final four after the foul in the corner in the Sweet 16 to beat Tennessee, and then the bank 
Yeah. The banker, I mean, it's okay if he banks one in early in the game. The banker was going to be the game. That oh, was the game, been the game winner. That's yeah. the game winner. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the idea that they're going to get into the final four after a cheap call in the corner and then a bank, I was just like, oh, really? Yeah. And then we should we should bring it up because I'm the first guy to yell and scream, foul up three. Foul up three, backfires, backfires. The tip out. Oh, yeah. Then they the come one to- thing that everybody talks about and the reason that you don't want to do it sets you up for that, and that exactly is exactly. Would what you happened. if they had to do it all over again? Would they do the same thing? Absolutely. You got to, don't yeah. you? Percentages right. say right. Yes. So, how's your bracket? Busted. I've got Virginia only. I had Duke winning it. Yeah. Against Carolina. Yeah. Over. Well, my bracket is busted too because my champion is North Carolina. Sure. But Virginia. Texas Tech, Michigan State. I went three for four. It's pretty good. How many people out there? Raise your hand if you're driving around right now. No, don't, not when you're driving around. Yeah. Raise your hand if you're listening to the podcast. You went three. I went three for four. Not I'm, many. I'm feeling, even though I can't win I was going to say, I can't because win it's three. over. That's the, the pat on your back that you get is three, three out of four. I'll take three out of four in any year. Yeah. But think about the three. Texas Tech, Michigan State, and, and Virginia. Virginia. And then the one, if you had said to me, which one were you sure about? Which one would you have Carolina. bet the eye Carolina. How about Carolina and Duke neither making the final four? What were the chances? You had them in their final game. I had them what, winning both Duke, of those. Yeah, Duke, Carolina, not, and Duke winning. How about, yeah. ne- what would you have said if I had said to you before the tournament started, neither team, Zion, nope. Roy Williams, nope. The guard for North Carolina. Yeah, Kobe uh, White. Kobe White, nope. Yeah. Uh, nobody's making the final four of that whole crew. Stunned. And it still is stunning. So, what do you think? So you got um, you got the final four games now set, and let me give you the uh, the matchups. You've got Auburn is an underdog to Virginia by five and a half in the early game on Saturday, mm-hmm. and then you've got the Texas Tech Red Raiders, an underdog to Michigan State. So the the favorites would be Virginia versus Michigan State in the NCAA championship game. What do you think? You like those matchups, or are we going to be let down by the Final Four now? No, I, I think the games are going to be great. I, I mean, I, Texas Tech is the team that I think is, to me, is stunning everybody. Auburn, I saw up close and personal. I told you, pick Auburn early because I saw them and the way that they shoot it. I believed in Auburn. I didn't believe them to the Final Four, but I believed in Auburn. Yeah. Um, in part because, I, like I said, I, I, I saw them up close and personal. Uh, but that Virginia defense versus the Auburn offense is going to be really interesting. And then the defense of Texas Tech versus Michigan State, who's the toughest team left in the deal. Who are you rooting for? Who would you like to say? You can pick it. Oh, Virginia by a a million miles. And Yeah, and here's a, a side note real quick. Yeah. You had the Liberty head coach, Richie McKay, on this show a couple of weeks ago when yeah. Liberty got yeah. into the dance. The only reason why Jason <laughs> Hamilton owns the single season, single game steel mark is because his girlfriend was keeping score that right. night. Yes. What you, that Richie McKay. What you don't know is, yeah. and what I'm going to shock the world by even telling this story. Oh, I like it. Story time? No. Okay. It's going to be a quick two sentence. Okay. Richie McKay recommended me to Tony Bennett 
on his staff oh. at Washington State, and I oh. interviewed. Really? And I almost took a job on Washington State's coaching staff with Tony Bennett. No, would have blamed, no one would have blamed you at all. Were you offered the job? Did Tony Bennett offer you the gig? So there was two. <laughs> no, 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 no. Yes. Tony Bennett offered Jason D. Hamilton yes. a job. You could have been right now his number one assistant at Virginia going to the Final Four. So the, and, and, but the truth and look is, where you are. The reason why I say Look yes, where you are instead. The, 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 <laughs> yeah. The truth is what I – With a pop socket. <laughs> what, I, what I interviewed for yeah. was a recruiting assistant job. Oh, okay. I was really young. Yeah. What he offered me was the director of basketball ops. Okay. And I wanted to recruit. And I said no. But I. But that goes from there to an assistant, of course. And then you go up the up right. the ladder. But I and met closer. with Dick Bennett, Tony Bennett, in thoughts of potentially. Was this before he had ever coached a game at Washington yes. State? This so was, was right. He had just taken the just job. Just taken the job at, from his dad. Yeah. This is me thinking I'm going, to, potentially going to be an assistant coach at Washington State. Wow. What was that interview? I mean, what was like hanging out? Are they, they as good? me uh, over. They're great, great human beings. Is Tony Bennett as, is, as is good a guy as you're ever going to meet really? in the world? Yeah. So and it's so, no act. So no act. So Virginia and Tony Bennett and that whole crew is uh, is my choice. Wow. So we got a little breaking. That was kind of a that was a haymaker. It was. Uh, you might you might be deserving of two pop sockets. I don't know. Uh, well, I got to get one autographed and one that I can use. Okay. So yeah. All right. Uh, let's get uh, let's get Ross Tucker in here talk about the National Football League. Then you and I will finish things off on episode number thirty four. Some big Mitch Unfiltered news of which I'm incredibly proud. We have another brand new sponsor. I prefer to call them partners. Many months ago, Jordan Flowers, who's the head of the Kirkland office of Guild Mortgage, and by the way, a former standout East Lake High School wide receiver, then a Coug walk-on, who says we don't have Washington State blood in this project. He emailed me to say how much they love Mitch Unfiltered, my story, my comeback, and they'd like to join us. So here they are, Guild Mortgage, a top 10 mortgage lender in the United States for over 55 years a mortgage bank focused on the clients and programs that are responsible and safe for the consumer. Won the 2017 J.D. Power & Associates number one mortgage lender in the customer satisfaction department. They've got four in the Kirkland branch alone that have achieved the status of being top 1% loan officers in the United States, the Kirkland Office of Guild Mortgage, in offices overlooking Lake Washington, 425-250-3150. Find the loan to fit your life and select from hundreds of loan products tailored to your needs. The Kirkland Office of Guild Mortgage. Unfiltered. I know that everybody's got their attention on the NCAA basketball tournament, and understandably so, but there's always room. There's always time for a little uh, a little zany NFL offseason talk. And joining us on the Zeke's Pizza Hotline is a former seven-year offensive lineman in the NFL. He's an Ivy Leaguer, so I'm a little intimidated. 
Uh, and I think it would be easier to list off the jobs, Ross, that you don't have rather than the ones that you do. Let me see if I got this straight. Sirius XM, NBC Sports Net Color Commentator, Westwood One Game Analyst, host and owner of several football podcasts, sports on earth writer, and founder of GoBigRecruiting.com. Have I missed anything? No, I think that's most of them, but for our purposes, uh, the most important one certainly is the Ross Tucker Football Podcast and my family of podcasts available over at RossTucker.com or wherever podcasts are found. i got a fantasy one, fantasy feast. i got a gambling one, even money. I even have a one specific for the college draft called the college draft. So I uh, I got a I got a bunch of podcasts. I enjoy it. Did you know that this is what you were going to do when you were in the midst of your playing career after football ended for you on the field or did you think as a as an Ivy Leaguer as a Princeton guy that you would go into some other form of business? It's really funny that you asked me that Mitch because you know, I think when I was really young like everybody I wanted to play in, in Pennsylvania, I wanted to play for Penn State and the Eagles, right? Yep. But then I would say, you know, I used to grow up racing my dad to get the local newspaper. So I would say from about 12 years old through high school, I really wanted to get into the media. I really wanted to be a broadcaster and go to like Syracuse or one of those schools. And my dad's five, nine, a buck 70. <laughs> and I just became a, a much bigger, better player than I ever thought I would. And so as a result, it got to the point where I started getting recruited by the Ivy league school. So I went there and it's weird. Cause you go to there and all anybody talks about Mitch is wall street, wall street, you know, <laughs> finance. So I ended up accepting a job in sales and trading with Lehman brothers. And then I just kept getting bigger and better and signed with the Redskins and Marty Schottenheimer and made the team and ended up playing seven years, which was great. And during my career, Every offseason, I would do an internship with, like, Merrill Lynch. When I was with the Cowboys, I was with Roger Staubach's commercial real estate company in Dallas. I kind of thought, to your point, look, I went to an Ivy League school. All these guys think they're going to be broadcasters. I'll do something else. And then my last year, the NFL had a broadcasting boot camp. And I thought, you know what? I'll probably end up just doing something in finance. But even if I just did the Princeton games on the radio on the weekend, that would be cool. So I went to the broadcasting boot camp for the heck of it, and it went pretty well. I got positive feedback, and then after that, I wrote something for Peter King's Monday morning quarterback. And, you know, next thing you know, I, I had a bunch of gigs coming my way, and it was it was pretty cool. And I'm glad I did. I just turned 40 a couple weeks ago, and – Still haven't had to get a real job yet. <laughs> well, you've carved out quite a niche for yourself. Let's talk a little NFL and the free agent frenzy, the trading frenzy during this offseason. I suppose, Ross, uh, we should start with the Browns because everybody is starting with the Browns. Kareem Hunt, OBJ, Sheldon Richardson, Olivier Vernon, obviously very interesting offseason moves to combine with their their improvement from a year ago. Uh, any fly in the ointment, do you think, for the Browns? Or should we just accept the fact that the Browns are now the front runners of the AFC North? I do think that they are the, the leaders in the, NFC, in the AFC North. But, you know, we're talking about franchises like the Steelers and the Ravens. 
and I don't think they're going away anytime soon. So it's not like this will be a, a walk in the park for the Browns because they also have to deal with a couple of things for the first time, one of which is expectations, right? right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. they've never really had to deal with expectations before, and so we're going to have to see how they handle that. I think that's a little bit different when you haven't been in that situation before to have to deal with expectations like that. Not only that, Mitch, I'm a little bit concerned about the dynamic there in the locker room, right? I mean, you think about the fact that – sorry, Mitch, hold on a second. All right. You think about the fact, Mitch, that – you know, you're adding Odell Beckham Jr. to an already pretty combustible team there with some of the personalities that they have that we saw on Hard Knocks. I think it'll be okay, and I actually think that's the beauty of them bringing in Odell Beckham Jr. because Jarvis Landry, his best friend, is there yeah. and can kind of you know calm him down keep them focused because let's be very clear about this Mitch I don't really care what Dave Gettleman said they thought he was a distraction they thought he was an issue and they thought they were better off without him I know Gettleman said it's purely business football move blah 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 there's no way you give him that deal August 27th and then trade him in March unless you just think you're better off without him especially when you consider the financial ramifications, right, Ross? A lot of us don't really dive into that part of it, but the the dead money that the Giants take on now as a result of just signing them and having them for a year is also a part of all this. I never thought we would see the day when a team took on over $20 million in dead money for a wide receiver, and yet here we are, Two teams have done it. The Steelers with Antonio Brown and the Giants with Odell Beckham Jr. It's remarkable. I I can't even remember a team taking on that much dead money with a quarterback, let alone a receiver. Not only taking on that kind of dead money for a receiver, but we're talking about two receivers that are still very much in uh, in the primes of their career, right? An OBJ and Antonio Brown, we're talking about probably two of what, the best five or six receivers in the National Football League are better than that. Yeah, you're, you're exactly right. And, uh, you know, it's just fascinating that you can be that talented, but a team can still feel like they're better off without you. And, I mean, what are the odds that it works out for both the Raiders and the Browns? Probably not real well. And if I had to guess, I think it works out better for the Browns because – Odell Beckham Jr. has a very accurate quarterback in Baker Mayfield. I think that their personalities are sort of symbiotic. I mentioned Jarvis Landry being there. Plus, I think that the Browns are going to win. Meanwhile, Antonio Brown has a significant downgrade in quarterback from Big Ben to Derek Carr, and he's not used to losing. They haven't had one losing season in his NFL career. I don't think the Raiders are going to have a winning season. So let's see how Antonio acts after he's not getting the ball as much and or they're losing. Although, you know what? I mean, who knows, Mitch? Maybe he'll just complain and moan again and get traded again and get into a new contract. Yeah, the voice is Ross Tucker, former NFL offensive lineman. He's got the Ross Tucker uh, line of football podcast. Check him out. Nick Foles got Princeton University Wall Street money. 
Uh, Ross, he got four years, $88 million, and we're sitting here in the Northwest thinking if Nick Foles gets four years, $88 million this year, Russell Wilson, in a few years, if he wants to go this route, take on the 17, 31, and $38 million for $86 million if he goes year to year over the next three years, and then the gambling money comes into football, salary caps go skyrocketing, and he's in line for, I don't know, $40 million a year. Do you think... It seems to me that it's becoming less and less likely, Ross, that the Hawks could reasonably throw a proposal his way that makes sense for both sides. I understand that, and I know his agent has a baseball background and is not as afraid of injuries as maybe other agents are. I just still think with the injury rate in the sport being 100%, and I know he's never missed a game, Mitch. I'm aware of that. I love that stat. I love that about him. But to be honest with you, that just tells me he's due. Uh-huh. I mean, you're talking about a guy. He has taken some vicious shots. And even though he didn't miss any games last year, I'm here to tell you, he did not move around as well last year as he did the previous six years or whatever it is. He did not look quite as agile or as athletic to me. I mean, he's still really good. And he had a great year. But I mean, just in terms of how well he runs around, he has taken some vicious shots. And yet he could do the year-to-year thing. And maybe he would. But I feel like if they made a proposal to him now that made him easily the highest-paid player in the NFL and easily gave him the most guaranteed money ever. I mean, let's talk $200 million, uh, I don't know, you know, on six, seven-year deal, whatever. I can't do the math in my head. But And also, how about $100 million fully guaranteed? I mean, the most ever has been Kirk Cousins with $84 million. If I'm the Seahawks, I'm probably trying to get that done now, Mitch, believing that it'll actually look like a bargain, to your point, in two or three years, and hopefully it's enticing enough that he takes it. I look at it almost like the Anaheim Angels and Mike Trout, it's like, yeah, you know, he's gonna, he could be a free agent in two years and maybe go to the Phillies or whatever. But if we give a guy who has two years up in his contract, $430 million, is he really going to turn that down? I think the Seahawks would be wise to give Russell Wilson an offer that he can't turn down right now. Ross, before you go, let me throw a couple of last ones at you, and I'll just kind of leave it open-ended. Who do you... Who do you think did a good job this offseason, who has done a good job so far this offseason that we haven't talked about? Mike Mayock is getting lots of credit in Oakland or Vegas or wherever. Uh, The Baltimore Ravens, you mentioned them earlier. They got Earl Thomas to a big deal. They got Mark Ingram with the Browns climbing in the the AFC North. San Francisco got D Ford out here in the NFC West. Is Is there a team or two that you thought made some significant headway so far? this offseason? Well, I'll give you two. Um, Number one, I really like what the Colts just did recently with Justin Houston. You know, they've got all kinds of cap space. They didn't go crazy spending it, you know, the first few days. They signed Devin Funches because they wanted to give Andrew Luck a bigger-bodied receiver. They brought back some of their own guys like Pierre Desir. But for them to get Justin Houston, you're talking about a guy, Mitch, that's a true difference maker. Only a two-year deal. I think at his age, 
you know, 30 years of age. I think he'll still be productive the next two years. And he's a guy that helps him close out games, an edge rusher that plays really, really well. I was surprised that the Chiefs moved on from both him and D. Ford. I don't know they, who they think is rushing off the edge. Right. So I love what the Colts have done. The other team I would give you is the Buffalo Bills. I mean, the Bills had a bunch of holes on offense. They went out and got two receivers in Cole Beasley and John Brown. They got tight end in Tyler Croft. They get an offensive center that they desperately needed in Mitch Morris to help fortify the offensive line. Even getting a backup running back like Frank Gore, who I think if you're only giving him five to ten touches a game, can still be productive. I love what the Buffalo Bills did. Ross Tucker is the name, seven-year NFL veteran as an offensive lineman. He does it all. You can hear him all over the place. We direct you to his website at rosstucker.com, www.rosstucker.com, and you can find out all the different ways that you can listen to his line of podcasts. I've been trying to get you on our podcast for a long time. It's great to visit with you, Ross, and I hope that we can do it again soon sometime. Absolutely, Mitch. Anytime. Congrats on all the success with the podcast. I'd be happy to come on anytime. There he is, Ross Tucker, a former offensive lineman in the NFL and an Ivy Leaguer from Princeton talking about the offseason and the free agent frenzy and the trades in the National Football League. My home away from homes, Zeke's Pizza. Where are you watching the Final Four National Championship game? I'll be in Florida with my mom, but if I was here, I'd sit down at Zeke's with some great pizza, fabulous list of craft beer, and some friends and family. If I became too lazy to go out, I'd have Zeke's delivered on Saturday night. Cherry bomb, salad, they also deliver beer like the Session Pale Ale from the Fremont Brewery that Jay Ham enjoyed during tonight's episode 34. For delivery, all you got to do is call 206-285-8646 or go online, zekespizza.com. Mater and Knowles are friends of Zeke's, and that makes them friends of Mitch Unfiltered. Who's Mater and Knowles? The premier real estate agents in the Northeast Seattle area, and they specialize in neighborhoods that surround Husky Stadium. If you live in Northeast Seattle, look for their annual report that's out now to find your next home, to get an idea of what your home is worth. Zeke's is a proud sponsor of that report, so you'll find also great deals for your next pizza delivery or when you visit the Northeast Seattle Zeke's at 2108 Northeast 65th Street in Ravenna. Unfiltered. All right, before you get out of here and uh, take a little time off from Mitch Unfiltered, some some well-deserved time off, uh, a couple of uh, uh, some laundry list items that we need to do, some house cleaning items that we need to do. Uh, first of all, let me say that I did some figuring on the Unfiltered Madness presented by Evergreen Golf Call, uh, and here's the way it stands for people who care. Uh, if... If Virginia beats Michigan State, which is the favorite matchup, Virginia versus Michigan State, and Virginia wins in the final, Ryan Booth is the grand prize champion. Virginia over Texas Tech, Jeff Peffer is the grand champion. Uh, Mike Marcotti wins if Michigan State beats UVA in the final. If Michigan State beats Auburn, Mike Marcotti wins again. Oh. 
Um, if Texas Tech wins over UVA, Tyler Skeeters is the champ. If Texas Tech wins over Auburn, Mike Chin gets the nod, the grand prize. And Ruth Landers had Auburn winning it all. So she is in position, whether Auburn beats Texas Tech or Auburn beats Michigan State, if Auburn wins the national championships, uh, Ruthie, Ruthie Landers is the winner of the first ever Unfiltered Madness presented by Evergreen Golf Call and Tyler Hay. So there you go. There's a little, uh, there's a little update on the, yeah. the first ever. Over 2,000 people played. I'm really excited about the turnout next year. I think we can go three or 4,000 easy. Yeah, yeah. Okay? Um, so that's that piece of, of, of laundry list item. Um, let's also remind people to make their pick for the Masters it's called Unfiltered Majors, same, Evergreen Golf Call, same place, MitchUnfiltered.com. Uh, go there, just make a pick, register and make one pick. Pick yep. one golfer in the field. You can change it a million times between now and next Thursday when they tee it up for real at Augusta And National. it can be the same golfer for all four oh, majors all four. if you want. But you're not picking all four the right, fir- right I understand. away. You're just I'm just telling the people yes. that the, yes. the rules are different. Yes. Get involved. Go yes. ahead and put it in there. Yes. And let me just say this, since you and I are not going to be together between now and the Masters, it's my favorite four days. Mm-hmm. The Azaleas are in full bloom at Augusta National, even if they're not, <laughs> they are. Yeah. Um, and you said earlier in the show that you were thinking Rory, you were thinking Rory, you were thinking Rory, and you're now a little bit, you've softened a little on Rory because of that match against Tiger the other day in the WGC at Austin. Uh, Rory McIlroy is the eight to one betting favorite is to win the Masters, and I was thinking a lot about Rory McIlroy the last few days and getting ready for this episode number thirty four, and my view of Rory McIlroy is, if my bet Justin Rose can't win at uh, at you know fourteen hundred big ones for me mm-hmm. if he does, um. I can't think of – I mean, I would love to see Tiger Woods win again. I sure, think it would be one of, of the course. greatest stories in the history of sports if yep. he did. Rory McIlroy, I just remember Rory McIlroy as a young man going to the second nine on the last day. Oh, heartbreaking. And imploding, shooting like 40-42 or something yeah. on, the, on the second nine and losing his chance at the Masters. He would go on to win all the others and some of them multiple mm-hmm. times. He's one Masters away. And I don't know if you get the same feeling about Rory. I'll give you an unfiltered opinion about Rory McIlroy. He's rare. He's a superstar in his sport where every single time that I see him in front of a microphone and in front of a camera, I'm impressed. Mm. The guy has a... a, Now, maybe he's the greatest actor and he should get an Academy Award that he's really the world's worst human being and he's just faking us all Mm. out. Maybe I'm just... I'm easily had. Yeah. Maybe I'm duped. Mm-hmm. This guy just, I, I don't know if you get the feeling, he strikes me as genuinely a really good kid, a really good yeah, yeah. guy. I agree. Just a soft-spoken, humble, thoughtful, so thoughtful mm-hmm. approachable. I mean, I just, if anyone was going to be able to exact the demons of Augusta National and complete the career Grand Slam, if I was going to root for anyone, do you think I'm more interested in... Phil winning the U.S. Open to get his Grand Slam <laughs> or Rory winning I'm at Augusta. I'm pretty sure I know. I'm pretty sure I know. I would love to see mm-hmm. Rory at Augusta National. So I'm going to say 
My first choice is Justin because I got a ticket on him on 14 to 1. So I'm rooting for my own pocketbook. And then I'm going to call it a tie. Mm -hmm. Rory Tiger would be my second choice. Tie for second, winning the Masters. Mm -hmm. What do you say about that? I love that. I mean, I, I, I couldn't agree with you more. I think everything you said about Rory is spot on. I would love to see Tiger win for a million reasons, but, um, you know, I just don't think that that's going to be in the cards this year. I told you about DJ. I told you I think Justin Rose is a good pick. Somebody who I I don't care for personally, and we can also get into his fellow, fellow countryman, Sergio Garcia, after his oh, antics this we're going weekend. John Rahm. You're, going, you're going John Rahm. John Rahm is as talented of a guy as you could win it, couldn't he? He absolutely but does he have the does he have the demeanor to pull it off? He's four days at Augusta when, National when without John Rahm is on, yeah. John Rahm is as good as anyone that's ever played golf. He can overpower a golf course. He has all the shots. If he puts it halfway decent, John Rahm can win anywhere. at Augusta. Oh, he can win oh, anywhere. Yeah, anywhere. But there's gonna come a moment for everybody for sure. at Augusta National You're where John Rahm four putts or hits a little chip on 13 from over the green and it goes past the pin and into the into, into the, the pond, yeah. into the creek. Mm-hmm. Um, something's going to happen, and I just have to ask, is he going to be able to shake it off right. and realize that happens with everybody and right. I just got to keep going? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. But uh, uh, I'm going to pick Justin Rose. That's going to be my official pick to win his second major mm. to go along with Marion in the U.S. Open. I'm picking Justin Rose to win the Masters. Would you like to make a selection here before I send you on your merry way with one more topic? Well, because because I'm going to enter into the Mitch Major Championship contest. Yes, presented by Evergreen Golf Call. Yes. I, I'm going to I'm going to go outside of the selections I just mentioned and pick a guy named Francesco Molinari. Really? Yes. Now. Really? At, at the Masters? Now. Really? Now. Why? Now. Because I have up until the day to, oh, you'll to change select. It. Yes. I may, I may change. Well, so, you better change. So thanks for playing. Could, it be, could we have a more unpopular winner than last year's Patrick Reed win? Oh, gross. Could, could, we, could we do much worse than that this year? Well, he's got to present the jacket. I'm not watching. <laughs> I'm not watching the to guys. Fill. The guys to pan, fill. The Pat, guys Patrick Reed to fill. No, <laughs> Jason. The guy's parents live five miles I from know. the golf course, and I, he wouldn't invite them I to know. see their son play and win the Masters. I know. Uh okay. You've got to select uh, the name of this show, by the way. I do, but before I do that, oh sorry. Before I do that, mm-hmm. at the time of this recording, mm-hmm. people will get mad at me if I don't say it. What? The Seattle Mariners. Oh, five and one. <laughs> Shut it down. Going to the playoffs. The Mariners, if the season ended today, which it doesn't, and it's stupid to even talk about, not only would the Mariners yeah. win the American League West, yeah. the Mar- home field yeah. advantage <laughs> all the way through <laughs> the American League playoffs to the World Series at 250 to one. 250 to one. to one. I have to mention something. And by the way, the one that they lost, they gave up three runs in the top of the ninth. Which is what they've they done the last six. couple of days and still managed to win. They should be six. I know. And oh. I just want to mention this to you before you name the episode and we, we get out of here because I, I said this on Twitter 
and I forgot to tell you. Okay. When I was in Columbus, <laughs> I ran into your old partner, John Feinstein. And I two things, Mitch. I give me the money that you owe me, and then go f yourself. Not necessarily in that order. I literally almost went over to him and said, "Oh, that would have." Can I take a photo with you? But then I figured, once I tweeted it out, it was gonna get so viral that he would would get right back to him. Oh, and and I was just like, you know, it's it's not my fight. It's not. But I really wanted to do it. I really, and I thought about it because we walked past each other, said hello as we were, hey, hello, we walked past each other. And then he was sitting six spots down from me. And I was like, I'm just going to go up to him. Why don't you just go up to him and say, hey, it's been how many years you and Mitch? Mitch is my partner. He's my friend. Yeah. He's had a tough go. Yeah. He's got a podcast. He's getting up. He's, he's, you know, wiping himself off and he's, he's getting up. How about you and Mitch? Can I broker you and Mitch getting back? Why don't yeah. you, you should have just gone. What do you think he would have said to you? He would have said almost probably verbatim what he told you to finish <laughs> the relationship because he has no relationship with me. He would have said, uh, excuse me, young man. Yes. Yes. Okay. So maybe a good idea. That's not your business. He probably would have said it's not your business. Yes, which is exactly yeah. the conclusion I came to. I okay. I really wanted to insert myself in that with the photo, and I thought, you know, this is going to end poorly, so I shouldn't do this. I have to name the episode, and I am really, even as I sit here, I haven't made the decision. I'm no. sitting here looking at you, and I haven't made the decision. Okay. Um, I don't know how to consider life after sports. I don't know how to consider Charles Barkley's role in professional sports. Now, what year did he come out of Auburn? 86. Let's call it 86. What's it now? 19. Yeah. So that was 14. And that was 33 years ago. Think, yeah. mm-hmm. 33 years ago. Think about his role in sports for 33 years. 85, 86, because he was on that team. Anyway, okay. go ahead. 34 years he's been either playing or brought. He's been at the top of our conscience, our sports, right? Mm-hmm. He's been at the oh, top of sure. our minds for yeah. so many years. Yeah. A Bo Jackson, I don't know what to do with. Um, I'm going to give it to Walter Payton. I, 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 I hesitate to do it because that's what people want me to do and I kind of want to swim against the stream. I don't want to go with, go with what people want me to do necessarily unless mm-hmm. I, my heart is into it. Mm-hmm. The one thing that I will always remember about Walter Payton that makes me sad. Well, there's two things that make me sad. He died. Of course. Never lived to 50. He died of mm-hmm. a rare disease. But you remember you remember the uh, the Super Bowl shuffle. Yes. You remember that they were once beaten in that year. Do you know who beat them that year? One team beat them 15 and 1. It was the highest rated Monday night football game in the history of the series of Monday night football. One team beat them. It was the Miami Dolphins. Mm. At the Orange Bowl, Dan Marino and the Dolphins beat him. Mm. The Bears went to the Super Bowl and faced, were supposed to face the Dolphins again, but the Dolphins were upset by the Patriots and Tony Eason and mm. and, and and that crew. Mm-hmm. And then the Bears just embarrassed them. Oh, crushing. Beat them like 56 yeah, to like two or four, yeah. right? 
You know who scored a touchdown who was given the ball and scored a touchdown in that game? William Perry. You know who didn't get the ball for a touchdown? Yes. For me, I don't know why that sticks in my craw some way, some shape, some form. The fact that the guy spent all those years on bad teams and then finally was a part of the Super Bowl shuffle, got his Bears, one of the greatest teams of all time, to make it to the Super Bowl in New Orleans. And... Didn't get the reward. Mike Ditka allowed whoever it was to call the play for the refrigerator to score a touchdown, Mm -hmm. and Walter Payton didn't. So I think that this is the make good. Okay. I think Hmm. that may he rest in peace... Uh, if I if you, come, if you come across his family, let him know that there's been a make good. Instead of getting a Super Bowl touchdown run, he's getting episode number 34. All right? So we're going to call it episode sweetness. All right? And with that, I wish you good luck in your golf tournament and your vacation. You as well and your trip home. Yes. And I'll say that episode sweetness is in the books.